0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. Um, once again, this one has a little international flavor, except we're going the other way this time. So instead of the uh, either the Ball sisters in England, we're going to we're going down under with uh, Miss Peta Cox. Peta, thank you for joining me. Um, I gotta tell you, I've been following your Instagrams for. The last couple of months, and I'm a fan. I really like some of the places you take us. And <laughs> after you know, after seeing some of these things, and then starting, with, we'll talk about your podcast. I'm a fan, and I, I, I really thought that it would be nice for our American listeners and maybe some other internationals to hear uh, a little more about you, since, since on the other side of the interview, rather than what you're doing on with your podcast. So, welcome to Surveyor Says.
1: Thank you for having me Tim. yeah it's uh it's a bit different being on the other side of it where you know I'm not asking the questions
0: <laughs> and uh it, you know it's also a little strange, you know we were trying to coordinate this, and th- the fact that yeah. I had to wrap my head around the fact that you're seventeen hours ahead of me, which is mm-hmm. it's not time travel, but it's still weird that, yeah, you've got the morning sun coming up and I'm ending my day, and it's just like I said, it's just a little bit strange, so um. Okay, so tell us, where are you located in that wonderful continent of Australia?
1: Yeah, so I'm on the east coast of Australia. So I'm situated in New South Wales in Sydney, um, on the southern side of Sydney, beaches, Sutherland Shire, beautiful spot. And uh, I grew up down two hours south of there at Jervis Bay, which if anyone ever gets to come to Australia, you've got to go there because it is just heaven on earth <laughs> mm,
0: yes it's bucket list it is bucket yes. list yeah uh so it is what summer into fall for you guys now or whatever what, i mean yes. i assume that's what it's called down there too i mean autumn autumn right Autumn.
1: Autumn. <laughs> autumn. Yeah. Now, yeah so we're just a couple of days into autumn so it's still beautiful and warm and
0: sure sure I'm
1: going to the beach after this for a swim <laughs> oh
0: oh boy
1: Sorry, guys. In I'm, over I'm
0: jealous. Yes, I'm jealous. As we still have snow on the ground and trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, south of Sydney, I mean, what what kind of climate is there year round? I mean, is I mean, is does it get cold? I mean, it, or is it just pretty temperate?
1: Yeah, no, it it does get cold, but not like you guys get over there. Um, y- you know, we get snow, but. Not okay. anywhere near we are in Sydney or anything. You've sort of got to go down closer to the Victorian border. Sure. Um, up where, um, yeah, up in the higher the higher mountains and stuff, we've got ski fields and stuff like that. So it does get cold, but, you know, compared to some places, we've, mm-hmm. we've got pretty good winters.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. Well, so we've, we've told the audience uh, that doesn't know, you know, that you are a podcast host, but you are you are a surveyor at heart. What uh, what's your everyday job? What's your what is your your position right now? Um, what are you doing on a day to day basis?
1: Okay, so my job now is a project manager, senior surveyor at Cardno. Um, we are a global company, but we have a um, a surveying section within New South Wales. And yeah, I basically just manage teams. I get to go out in the field a little bit, but you know, the project management side now are more so managing different jobs and stuff like that. So yeah, it's not as, not as fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it when I get to go out because you know it, it, that's the main reason you become a surveyor is because you love the outdoors.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Well, like I said, then that's part of what 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 drew me to to want to to, to talk to you was your Instagram and some of your project uh, project adventures.
1: <laughs> yes, oh. wading through dirty yeah. rivers and stuff. <laughs> that's a first for me. That's a first in twenty six years of really? Spain. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I basically. Um, you know being a land surveyor worked with a private small private company most of you know most of my surveying career doing boundaries details identification surveys small high-rise you know that kind of stuff um before i moved on to become a tape teacher um so yeah so this is you know coming back into into the private sector and getting to do these projects, it's given, it's allowed me to, you know, do something different, which I actually really enjoyed.
0: (laughs) Well, good, good. Mm -hmm. All right. So always the main question of when we jump into these things, how in the world did you, did, did you find surveying or surveying found you or Mm -hmm. however it came all together? How, How does a young girl in, in, in New South Wales come to be, be a surveyor?
1: Okay, so I finished school in 95 and went to university in Newcastle, which is two hours north of Sydney, um, and did nursing for a year. And I liked it, but um, didn't know if that's what I was going to, you know, do for the rest of my life and didn't go back second year, stuffed around for a little while, moved to Sydney, thought I need to get something behind me. Um, So I applied for... Two different courses, one was surveying and one was landscaping because I wanted to be outside
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: got into both of them, but landscaping was four years part time and surveying was two years full time, so okay. it was just the luck of timing it the you know <laughs> that's how I fell into it,
0: okay, okay,
1: absolutely clueless as to you know what was really involved, but hey, I'm still here
0: <laughs> all right, so after uni where did it, where did you go? I mean, how did you get out into the into the real working world?
1: Yeah, okay. So uni was um nursing and my um my qualifications are vocational qualifications, so okay. diploma level. Okay. So I didn't go to uni to become uh, you know, to get a degree ah, in surveying. Okay,
0: okay, pretty um, good.
1: We're a little bit different. I don't know how it works over there. I'm still trying to work out what goes over there. Um I didn't uh, go to uni. Don't
0: don't try to work it out over here. It's nuts. It's crazy. So,
1: okay, so I'll stop thinking well, yeah, about it. Yeah,
0: we we'll, we we'll, we can talk about that later, but yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, um I didn't go on to university because I okay. didn't want to become a registered surveyor. That was, you know, the main thing of going to uni was to become a registered surveyor and I didn't want I didn't want that responsibility. So, um my cousin was doing university at the same time as me. So, um Yeah, so I then applied for a few jobs, didn't get them, uh, you know, kind of came down to, you know, the young female. I had a young child. Um, I don't think they liked, I was a bit, think they were all a bit worried about, you know, having a young girl working for them. Yeah. So, you know, I pushed on, got a job uh, with the government for a summer job and that kind of got the ball rolling. I then went on to uh, Abbey Group Obayashi, which we did quality assurance surveys on motorway, M2 motorway. Sure. And then I was travelling long distances to get to work. And I'm not a morning person for those that do know me. For those um, for those that don't know me, I am not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting up and getting to work by 7 o'clock, having to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, it's just, yeah, no, yeah, no. it didn't work. Oh. Um, no, so I got a job close to home, which, you know, was about 10 minutes drive. Yeah. Nice. Um, And, yeah, I worked I worked for Jonathan Keane Surveyors for, oh, a little, ten and a half years. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: And then I sort of did some dabbling in little bits and pieces, helped a friend out with their company, um, marketing books, all that kind of stuff, and then thought, oh, I need to do something with my qualifications. So I went to TAFE and became a TAFE teacher and spent 11 years teaching
0: very students. nice. Very nice. The
1: foundations.
0: Well, that's very cool because mm. you know that's that's one thing we uh, that that I, I you know everybody's always is keeps talking about well we need to find these young surveyors we've got to do it we also need the teaching that uh, there there's going to be such a a lot I mean this is a uh, an epidemic in the United States as well is mm. hey, if if we had this all of a sudden we had this big wave of students. We don't have the teachers to to teach them.
1: No, so. we're struggling over here as well.
0: So, and that's you know, and that's you know, and I guess that was one thing that I really wanted to lay out for for this talk is that you know, as far apart as we are, we all have the same situations, the same similar uh, challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Oh yeah,
1: I've noticed that. Yeah, it is. It's
0: yeah. very it's very strange. Like you know, like we said right before, is that it, it's the surveying is actually a very small community. It really is, and very. very very, very similar worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you've got this well-rounded career, done a little bit of everything, it sounds like, between teaching in and, and public and private. Uh, what's your favorite thing to do in surveying? If it's, you know when you get up in the morning, not early, get up in the morning and go, <laughs> I'm going to go do this today or I'm going to work on this today. What, what excites you about you know to do that in, in surveying?
1: Yeah, well, I probably can't relate it to right now because I get up and go to an office every day. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, But going back to the whole surveying thing is that getting up every day and knowing that you're going to do something different, you're going to go to a different place um, and meet different people. And yeah, it's just that variety and different environments and all that sort of stuff. It's just a joy to to be able to say that, you know, you've surveyed so many different things or you see a building and go, I helped build
0: that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. No, that's that's great. Um, anything on the office side that you like doing? I mean, as far as <laughs> drafting or boundary calcs or anything that, that, uh, yeah. that you do like doing?
1: Oh, I'm kind of one of those people that, Likes to probably do a little bit of everything, so yeah, I sure. enjoy doing calculations. I would hate to be doing it every day. Um, I really love drafting once again. I would hate to do it every day mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you, you know, so I in a sense, what I'm doing at the moment is not bad because I am getting to do different things. being in the office, I really love um, working with the clients. I love having that that connection with the clients and working out what it is they actually really want compared to what they've asked for and coming up with the final product that they're happy with.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I tell you what, while we're, we're still talking a little bit about the inside and you just touched on your, your teaching. Um, yeah. I mean, my question was going to be, what's a, what is one mentor that you could look back and go, that's the one I, you know, the one that really taught me the most, the one that really showed me the ropes the mm-hmm. most and the characteristics of that. Um, I guess for, that's my first question is, do you have a favorite mentor that, uh, that that helped you along the way?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, my boss, Jack Keane, you know, um, I was not, not long, you know, uh, probably maybe six months out of, you know, my education and had a little bit of experience with the other small, you know, the other companies doing what I was doing. But when I went to Jack, um, he – really taught me all the old school surveying. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for him.
0: Very good. Very good. Yeah. So my follow-up question then is with what you've done as far as teaching, uh, tell me how important it is to to really stress stress the basics because there's so many people that say, oh, well, I don't need that. I've got a data collector. I do this. I'll go out and GPS this. I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> From your perspective, how important is it to lay that foundation for the basics of what we do to understand it's the math
1: it's everything it's you know I, I sit there and you know eleven years in TAFE and two of those years being the head teacher, and I would have surveyors say why why are you teaching them leveling? We don't use that anymore, and it's like, well, they have to understand." Height difference. They have to understand how you get from this point to this point. They have to understand these things. You know, I had one surveyor say, um, you just need to teach them how to use a robotic instrument. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, that's, that's not our job. Our job is to teach them how to survey. Your job is to teach them how to use the specific instruments you want them to use. They have that basic foundation knowledge. You take it from there you know we we're, we're a vocational education system where yeah we're building them up layer by layer as they go through their two years to a point that they have enough knowledge and we do a lot of field work with them mm-hmm. we use very basic equipment but they've done the basics and they can go out on a job and if a surveyor told them to do something showed them how to use the equipment they've got then they should be able to run with it.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. That's yeah.
0: perfect. That's perfect. Because, you know, that's that's the argument I still get from from some, well, even when you're talking to high schoolers of why why am I still taking geometry? Why am I looking at trigonometry? Um, you know, it's laying that like you said, laying that foundation layer by layer that there are careers out there that are going to use it. And this is yeah. obviously one that's important that it is. So
1: and, and you know there's there's times where you know, there's stuff that I haven't used since I left TAFE but I know it and I understand it and there has been times where I've applied those principles to something I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, technology is wonderful and it does amazing things for us but it's still being able to know Um, it's something that doesn't quite look right in what I've just picked up or what the instrument's given me. You know, has it set the wrong, has the wrong backside been set? Can I just get Mm -hmm. my plan out and do a quick calculation of what I'm supposed to be reading? You know, I I guess I'm a bit old school that way.
0: Um, (laughs) Then there's nothing wrong with that because that it's exactly right. You're, you're establishing uh, this, this foundation for, for the students that you're right, that if we just give them a data collector with coordinates in it, and they go out and plug along, and they don't realize their environment, they don't do their checks, that can be yeah. a whole bunch of wrong. And uh, it's yeah, usually, and then it, it happens. Mm-hmm. It does
1: happen quite a lot. It does. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Um. All right. Well, you're 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 a practitioner by day. You've been, have done some teaching. You've got a kind of you've got your pulse on the On surveying and how it's going in Australia, where is the future of surveying going um, as far as the technology and the merging of some of the equipment we're doing with, I mean, with GIS, with remote sensing, with all of this equipment? uh, Are we looking towards a a healthy future or where do you think surveying is going?
1: I think we are. Um, I think we have to be careful with those blurred lines of, you know, um the people that come into using the technology but don't understand you know what it is uh sorry what it's used for or what you know what the outcomes you're trying to get in the sense of you know are you working with a house on a boundary you know on boundaries or you know what is it that you're doing so i think there's always going to be a need for the surveyor we've always got our you know properties we've always got you know high rises all these different things but you know it, there's people coming in, you know, that drones, the scanning, or all that kind of stuff, but you still need to have a surveyor to do certain things within
0: those jobs. Very good. Um, and I guess from your perspective, I mean, I know I've what little I follow of uh, the government down there and how the, how they oversee. I mean a mm-hmm. uh, shout out to to Norelle. I I want to I want to meet her someday I truly truly want to awesome. <laughs> I want to meet her someday I'm hoping to through an FIG uh thing but as far from from the government side and uh with with datums and coordinate systems and things I mean how much of that uh I mean it, it's important here we have it with state plane coordinates and things I mean how much is how how much does that come into play with just the daily survey down there I mean with Tying into benchmarks, tying into monuments and things. Uh, is that every a, is day? That a, every every day? survey,
1: every day. Yep.
0: That's awesome. It's,
1: yep. So, you know, whether whether you're using an instrument and setting something out or defining boundaries, whether you're using a GPS and doing a detail survey or, you know, doing checks on things, it's all connected into our system. Very um, across New South Wales, we have this massive system across New South Wales. So um, anytime that a boundary is being um, set out, um, if you're different to what the deposited plan is, then you know, you've got to work out why are you different to this person mm-hmm. and then you know, depending on what it is, you may have to end up doing a whole new plan of redefinition to redefine the boundaries if you cannot work out what the other survey has done. So it's not like there's three three pegs in one place saying, I say it's here, I say it's here, I say it's here. Um, no, there's one. There's one.
0: Very good. I wish we could come to some <laughs> some solution like that here. You know, the pin cushion effect. Uh, it's just my survey oh, is better than your survey. I,
1: it's yes. crazy.
0: So, yeah, it's it's it is quite interesting. Like I said, I I and I and please correct me if I'm wrong cuz obviously with the United States we're going to be going through a big transformation of coordinate systems and reference frames and such. Um isn't there a few things going on in in Australia that they're modernizing a few of these systems down there?
1: Yeah, we've just moved to what's known as GDA2020. Okay, um, yes. so we basically have gone from, now, I don't want to get this wrong and Narelle will probably chastise me for it if I say <laughs> it right. Because, <laughs> so I'm going to be really, really vague in what I say.
0: No, that's fine.
1: So basically we had a fixed system and because, you know, the the movement, the earth rotation, all that kind of stuff, our coordinates have actually shifted. And depending on where you are, it can be anywhere from, you know, sort of, half a meter to 1.2 meters in difference. So a co- one coordinate may tell you you're here. The next one might say you're here, but you know they're actually the same coordinate. So right. we're now moving to this new GDA 2020. Nice. Which most, most people are starting to work in now.
0: Good, good. Well, and I hope it's going to be more generally accepted than all of the, I mean, ours is behind schedule a little bit but you uh, it's, it's
1: written into our um into the regulations and stuff that i think new plans and stuff getting deposited plans and all that sort of stuff i think they have to be in gda 2020
0: very good very good yeah. so like i said it, it's it's nice to know that there are other countries other places that mm. are dealing with the same types of regulations and the same types of of collaborations especially on non big big systems uh, like this that, uh, yeah. that we're not alone. We're not alone. No, <laughs> no you're not. Uh, nope. All right. So we were Yours just it,
1: seems more complicated. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. All right. Can you give us a a quick overview to, well, actually you're going to teach me. Um, we, uh, you know, I was kidding you earlier about uh, the upside down coordinate systems. You know, you're everything <laughs> with you. How are coordinates in in Australia? I mean, let's. I mean, honest. Is it is it south and east, or are they north and east? I don't. I, I truly, truly don't know.
1: Okay, so we work on a system of easting and northing. So our latitude longitude gets converted into eastings and northing, northings. Okay. Um, and we work within zones. So moving from Western Australia, which I think is about zone forty-seven from memory. Um, across to the eastern side is uh, where zone 56 uh, in Sydney so you basically could have an easting and northing in Sydney which then translates all the way across, the way across. to Western Australia um, but it depends on the zone that you're in so we have this false, false zero you know all the way down past nowhere um, so that we have these these coordinates that we work with
0: all right well good I you know it, I've been, I've been, I've mis- been misleading myself all these years, thinking that well, one, you're, Australia is like the rest of the world. We're the ones that are backwards, where we, where we do the the Y and the X, the N and the N and the E. Um, everybody else is X and Y, which makes more sense. Um, but oh, you know, you just always thought, well, you're south of the equator, so it's south and east. But nope, nope, no.
1: nope. no, no, no. It's only you know your, your latitudes and longitudes where you've got you know a, a minus when you you know talking about your your position south right um, sort of thing that's where the minus kind of comes in but we don't we don't ever put um, you know south east or you know easting northing and stuff on our coordinates because it's all relative to that zero you sure. know that arbitrary
0: zero way down the bottom. Well, that makes complete sense. So great i learned something today check the box and i'm I'm (laughs) i'll move on all right so peter cox i put you in front of a group of elementary kids say ages 10 to 12 you have 60 seconds to tell them what's so great about surveying and why they should consider it as a as a career something geospatial
1: oh god put me on the spot (laughs) um okay so it's fun it's outdoors you're playing with lots of different new equipment you can make maps out of what you see on the ground um it can take you so many places it can tell you where to go you can tell people where to go (laughs) (laughs) in a nice way
0: in a nice way very good
1: um, it takes you, it can take you anywhere in the world.
0: Exactly. Well, very good. And
1: anybody can do it.
0: Okay. And it's,
1: that's less than 60 seconds, but that's oh, what I got.
0: You know what? <laughs> that's perfect. I mean, you know, that's what they, you know, your, what they call your elevator speech that if you had to just sell it right then and there, that's, and that, you know what, that is good, quick, concise. And, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, thanks. <laughs> So I don't know
1: whether a 10 to 12 year old would, but (laughs) um,
0: well, that's just it. Yeah, Yeah, I know it trying to keep their attention anyway. So,
1: yeah.
0: All right. So since this is really my first time talking to an Aussie, I, you know, um, because my my wife is going to ask me a whole bunch of questions when I when when we I talk about this tonight. Um, I got to know. Are kangaroos and koalas as as mean as they say? They're Um, cute but mean.
1: They are cute but mean. If you were so, my nan used to live on a golf course and they used to jump the fence and be in the yard. And you, you know, you you might want to throw some food to the kangaroos, but you wouldn't want to walk down. Some are friendly. But if you get one of the big boys, he's quite easily just up on his tail and kick you, and they've got really sharp claws and they could do some massive damage. So, um, yeah, if you want to pat a kangaroo, do it in a controlled environment. (laughs) And koalas, well, you don't see that many of them around. Um, You know, they're hiding in the trees, but they too have very sharp, long claws and, yeah. So, best if you want to see one of those, go to one of the uh, parks that uh, look after sure, all the beautiful
0: sure. animals. <laughs> I know I'm I'm digressing from the survey talk, but you know it's so right. it's so fascinating for for uh, us Americans some of this stuff because it, you know you, you just just the uh, uh, what do I want to say the but just the 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 illusion of of Australia and how how really how. Cool of a place it is. That, <laughs> it's on my bucket list. I I still want to get down there someday because
1: oh yeah, like said, you got to come get,
0: get to the beaches. It's All right. Place to be. Do you have a final parting shot for a piece of advice for a future surveyor?
1: uh yep. What are you waiting for? Um, the world is at your fingertips. You have endless possibilities in so many areas, and. Be part of one of the oldest professions in the world. Um, find what you're good at, and just go for it. You can do anything that you put your mind to.
0: You know what? That's that's wonderful. That that's perfect. I really I like that. I like that a lot because, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, that that the kids can get into. And um, mm. like you like you said, because uh, of what possibilities we have with this career. Um, I mean, I, well, obviously you and I enjoy it and it's, maybe it's not for everyone, but I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a pretty good career.
1: It's a, it's a brilliant career and you know, it might not be for everyone, but the amount of, you know, I've got kids aged from, you know, 16 up to 28 and my middle boy, some of his friends one day, um, came over and, one of the girls was like, oh, what do you do again? And I'm like, oh, I'm a surveyor. And she's like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. And I told her and she goes, oh, don't, isn't that what boys do? Oh. Girls can't do that. And I went, well, I've been doing it for a long time and, yes, you can. You can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, I was absolutely dumbfounded when, when that came out of her mouth. And I'm like,
0: hmm.
1: Oh, something's got to be done about this.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: You know, yes. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I pushed, you know, the women thing and everything. I I honestly believe that um, you need the right person for the job. Um, you know, I don't believe in numbers in the sense that, you know, you've got to have X amount of males, X amount of females, you know, all that kind of stuff. Diversity is great. Um, I really do think that you need the right person for that job. Um, but it is a job that we can do.
0: Right. Right. So Yeah. You know, and as silly as I, as I make the the comparison when people say that sometimes about, you know, it still really needs to be male dominated, male driven. I mean, yes, there are going to be times when we do need to cut a line through some hardwoods or whatever, but the, you know, there's not so much of that anymore that it used like it used to be. And I, I liken it to, you know, the old factories before there were robotic machines and various and various automated things that, okay, some of these things took just brawn. Um, surveying's not that way anymore. It's, it's, no, it's about not, a lot of brain power.
1: It is, but Tim, I've cut lines. Well, yes,
0: no, I'm not saying you can't. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. You know, they say, so you got to have brawn. Well, you know, I might not be able to do it now, as I'm getting older, but you know, in my twenties, I was cutting mine.
0: So, mm. Oh, exactly. Impossible. <laughs> exactly.
1: But mm.
0: I, I guess my point was, it's not so, it, it's not such a predominant need like it used to be. No. I, I don't think. No, no. that, uh, that uh, it's right. And, and I, you know, I, I I get uh, I, I hate keep telling people this, but I'm a, I'm a second generation surveyor, and the surveying my father did isn't this. It's really not this. That no, there's it's just so many things. I mean, com- he never turned on a computer his entire career. I mean, it mm. was all calculators and and things uh, between the computers, between the robotic equipment, between GPS, and now all the remote sensing and UAVs it's so open for so many people and, uh, yeah. we need to make sure that everybody knows that. Yeah, exactly. I agree. totally. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, there you have it. There's Miss Peter Cox from Australia. I appreciate your time. We'll let you get about your day, um, as we wind down here in the United States, but, uh, I want to catch up with you again someday and sometime in the near future. I want to, let's, let's get you back on, see where things are going. And uh...
1: most definitely, because we didn't talk about the food. Oh, yeah. What else didn't we, we haven't done a few things. So I'm going to have to come back. Yes,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Yes, we will do that. I wanted to cover the surveying stuff. I teased it with all the football and food stuff, but. I uh, wanted to make sure we covered the survey stuff. Cause...
1: All right, well, let's cover one thing with sport. Yes. Um, we have Rugby League here, and my team is the Sharks, and it's only because i married into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Otherwise, I wouldn't get no. Yeah. There's a, there's a big rivalry in New South – well, mostly New South Wales. There's a couple of teams in other states for for Rugby League. Sure. Um, but, yeah, and there's a few soccer teams or you call them football. Foot. Yeah, AFL, AFL's big. Yes,
0: yes. We'll cover
1: more of that next time. I'll do some study on the sports that I don't know about. There you go.
0: <laughs> now, how big is cricket there? Is cricket pretty big?
1: Uh yeah, cricket's big. I don't like cricket.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thing that I cannot stand. Um but yes, it is big.
0: I don't I I've never tried to understand it, so we just deal with our baseball here and go from there.
1: Yeah, baseball is pretty cool.
0: So, all right. Well, we'll let you get about your day and we will catch up again. So once again, thank you for taking time out. Thank you for putting on a great broad, uh, great podcast that's Defining Boundaries. You can find it out, out on uh, – well, here. You pitch it. It's your podcast. Oh. You pitch it. And all, <laughs> and all your socials. What are all your socials? Um.
1: Gosh. Okay. All right. So defining boundaries can be found on pretty much nearly all of your platforms. Um, and if it's not, let me know, I'll try and push it to where you need it to. Uh, it's basically about people within the surveying industry, not about where they work. It's about who they are, what they love. Um, it's about them. So those stories needed to be told. So, Hey, I'm doing it. Um, Socials, uh okay, so I have Instagram, I have, um Survey Geek Girl. Uh I do have defining boundaries. Um I've just started another one called Geospatial Support Network, which I'm slowly working on uh some things behind the scenes for that. Nice. Um and I have LinkedIn. Very Peter good. Cox. They're probably yeah, the the, the main ones.
0: <laughs> oh very good, very good. Well, there you have it. We'll uh, we'll put you down for another another episode, and we'll, like I said, we'll have to catch Any up on the food? food. Yes, on the food. Yeah. So
1: most definitely. All right. Because I've got more stories too. So oh, lots we can, Yeah. Well,
0: well good. <laughs> we, we we will have a follow up very soon. Very very soon. All right.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Tim. It's been it's been a pleasure. I've I've loved chatting. I love getting on and chatting with people from all over the world. It's fun.
0: Yes, yes, it is. It very much so. And uh, Norell, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. I want, I want, I, I want to meet you. I want to talk to you because you're, you're a wonderful, wonderful for the profession as well. So please,
1: uh, please, and and can I just say? Well, yes. I've already had it on twice on my defining boundaries.
0: <laughs> no, I know it. I know it. Those were great interviews. Uh, it's a great interview. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. All right. Well, this is Tim Birch for Surveyor Says. My thanks again to my guest, Peter Cox, and we'll see you again next time. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.